Welcome everybody to the 100th episode of the Retro Blood. Here we are, 100 episodes, doing this long camp, talking Friday the 13th, part 2. That's right, if you like uh, Sack Jason, if you like a guy in a wheelchair who's in training, if you like teenagers having sex, if you like... Uh, skinny dipping if you like a casino bar that looks like a house and they got drunk at they're drinking Budweiser I saw it and then he, mm-hmm. they came back they weren't drunk at all fighting Jason then this is the review for you brother because Retro Blood is talking all about Friday the 13th part 2 part of our yeah. 100th episode man Jay Austin James yeah. Conn what's happening man celebration what's time what's up man celebration time yeah, I like all of those things, honestly. Um, so I'm all about this movie. I, this is, I love it. That's Bro, my this favorite is, Friday the 13th movie. This but. has to be the best simple horror movie of all time. I mean, yes. it, it, it's it's so simple, okay, but yeah, it's so great. I mean, you just get a bunch yes. of teenagers at this like camp. They're just training. They're just having sex out there. You know, we have some teenagers leave to go to the bar. You know what I mean? We have this backstory, Jason. I love this movie. This movie is uh, yeah, there's, very fun. Yeah, there's not much to it. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of story, but it's perfect. But yeah, like you were saying, this is episode 100, man. Like, I, I'm excited about this. Me I, too, brother. I've been looking forward to this for a while. For a I long time. 100 one. episodes, brother. Let me celebrate the only <laughs> way we know how to. Did you hear that? That was a pop bottle right there. I did. I heard that. I heard that pop up. I'm drinking tea, so uh, tea, brother. I'll click my. I'll, yeah. No, Are you in I'll, training? I'll Are you blast. in training like our boy Mark? I mean, I am in. I am in somewhat in training. Yeah, what was he just, training? Just not a... I liked when the girl was like, "What are you training for?" <laughs> he should have been like, "Well, it was to fuck you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, "What are you? What are you training for?" Like, you know, you're in a wheelchair. This is a great. But uh, maybe he's like one of those wheelchair basketball guys. Yeah, drinking the or. Uh, for everybody out there, I'm drinking the uh, Shiner Oktoberfest. Pick Ooh, it up. Nice. If you're near Shiners, it's a great beer. But yeah, yeah so 100 episodes. 100, so one thing man. I found out. Yeah, this is interesting. So did you know that 44% of people who start podcasts don't do more than three episodes? Damn. Fuck. Like most, mo- like forty four percent of give up after bef- after three episodes, and we've been doing for a hundred episodes. Like, you know, well, you can't tell us nothing. Like we we do it no matter what. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> we we get this shit done. I got a story about that yeah. too. Well, first of all, we 
so we on our feeds we actually have more than 100 episodes but we're talking about yeah. the main podcast itself retro blood episodes. the official yeah. episodes brother like this yeah because lights out episodes yeah. are not official that's the point of them being lights out remember? exactly exactly we They're got a couple specials here and there yeah non-sanctioned shit brother but uh yeah you're right about fucking doing it like no matter what because like even today before i get on this fucking show not only do i get stuck in traffic all right yep but i had to go buy the fucking taco bell oh i fucking hate taco bell okay me too man I, this is fucking why is it so comp i only all, all i ordered and it wasn't even for me it was for you know who all right everybody oh, out yeah. there the fucking no fear out here all right. No fear. She, she will not be there's dead. a reason I call her no fear too. Maybe I'll explain that later down the road. But um, the the fucking all I all I got was two crunchy tacos, no lettuce, and that, that ch- chipotle chicken burrito thing. It literally took them twenty fucking minutes to make the whole shit. And there was like two teenager people up there just laughing the whole time. I'm like, God damn it, get me the fuck away from this shit. I fucking hate Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> honestly, since COVID. And since you can't, it's like hard to get fast food. Yeah. Um, I've kind of like, it's kind of stopped me from eating it, which is kind of, kind of That's good. Because I used to like, you know, like when I get out of work, like, you know, out of, out of doing work or whatever, real late at night. And I'm just like hungry, like, you know, like tonight, it'll be late, you know, when we're out of like, out of doing the show. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to cook anything. I'll just go to like McDonald's or something. Yeah. But I know if I go to McDonald's, it's going to take me an hour and a half to be able to get a cheeseburger. So Exactly. And you you, you yeah. even get the drunk people out there too. Yeah, exactly. Getting that shit. So, I mean, I got I'd me Panda Express. It was great. I got that Panda mm-hmm. Express, no problem. But waiting the fucking line at Taco Bell. Not only was there traffic on the way home, but it was fucking Taco Bell. So even with those hurdles, I still make it here on the podcast, drinking a beer, talking about the sack Jason. Sack Jason. That's my favorite Jason. To be honest with you, I think I might like him the best too because it's such a. Well, I mean, we'll get into it during the review too. We'll get into why, but yeah. but I, fuck it, we'll just do it now. This is a hundred episodes, brother. So this, so I think the sack Jason is actually pretty like creepy. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And it, oh, make, yeah. and it makes him a little more realistic than the the hockey um, Jason, which we'll be talking about next week. But I think yeah. it makes him a little more creepier, a little more like this mysterious. You know what I mean? Like who the fuck's under that mask? What does he look like? You know? Yeah, this is kind of the last one. It's still a little bit like this in part three, um, but this is the last movie. Well, I guess the only movie with Jason in it where he's actually realistic, where he's actually a human being. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, he because starting in especially in four, he starts oh, yeah. really becoming like, you know, a superhero. Like yeah, he's just, well, he, he has superpowers. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see the progression, which we'll be talking about, of the normal. I can knock you down with a car, Jason, to if you throw a rocket at me, I won't even fucking move the steroid, Jason. So it's going to be very interesting uh, getting into all that. But everybody, like on every Retro Blood that we do, we talk about Mm -hmm. what is going on in the world of the pro wrestling and the metal around the release date of this movie. And the cool thing... Uh, about the Friday the 13th series uh, too is like we're pretty much going to hit like almost every year of the 80s which is fun oh yeah and no, that's going to be great so that's pretty cool I, I love that part uh, there is going to be a couple years we're skipping but uh, we're, pre- we're pretty much going to hit it all so so this movie came out um, after after the success of the first one May pretty much a, a year later uh, mm-hmm. May 1st 1981 okay yes. 
And I know you got some metal for it. So I'll, I'll, I'll do mine first, though, because mine is, uh, well, it's something. You talk about, like, total opposite <laughs> of what was going on. So there's this show that I'm pretty sure it was Vince McMahon Sr. was the, the main head at the time of the WWF. Okay. And it was a show called Wrestling Challenge. Okay. Uh-oh. And they had an episode, <laughs> May 1st. 1981. Um, it could have been May 2nd, but uh, May 1st is what we're going for. Now, yeah. this this episode was like... Okay, you guys can find this on the Peacock. All right? So, Uh-oh. if you had the cock, you, you, you got to search Wrestling Challenge, and you got to look up May 1st or May 2nd, 1981. Okay? So, this has to be the most boring wrestling hour show I've ever seen in my life. I mean, fuck, this show was so fucking boring. Holy shit. Like, yeah, I couldn't even believe it. sounds it. bad. I couldn't even believe it. So check this out. Check, check out the matches we got here. Okay, hopefully I got them all because like this, I'm going off memory because I, I was watching about 20 minutes into this. And I was like, I ain't writing notes for this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm just fast forwarding. It was bad. So, <laughs> but there is like, there is one interesting aspect of the show that I thought was very interesting. So... Well, first of all, the the first match we got is the fucking Moon Dogs. You ever heard of the Moon Dogs before? Yeah, Moon, moon Dog Rex yeah. and uh, the other one. Yeah, they're yeah. basically like the 1980s versions of the Godwins. All right, these guys yeah. are so fucking fat and slow. I mean, fuck. I mean, I never seen a fucking slow. This tag match was the slowest tag match I've ever seen in my life. Okay, they didn't do anything. They just <laughs> went out there and grunted the whole time. All right, I was like, nice. fuck. So they won, all right? And the next match we see is Tony Atlas, which we talked about Tony Atlas before. He's a good wrestler on here. But mm-hmm. this guy looked humongous. He looked like he could have played Jason, okay? I'm surprised they didn't get this fucking guy to play fucking Jason in later on in the series because this guy was fucking humongous. I'm talking about huge. I mean, <laughs> jacked to the grill, the, the fucking gills, man. It's fucking crazy. Humongous. Looking. He was humongous instead of Hugh Morris. And he didn't do jack shit. He just like posed the whole time. Oh, of course. And he fought Big this. And he fought this like jobber that was like super duper fat. <laughs> the slowest mm. fucking match I've ever seen in my life. I mean, fuck, it was bad. All right, and so then the and body then the, guy versus the fat guy. How did he beat the fat guy? Fine. I, I don't know. I just fast forwarded it. And to be honest, I couldn't. I couldn't stand it. I'm sorry, guys. I couldn't take this anymore. I know we're supposed to do research on here, but I just could not do it. I could not do it. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't find anything else for wrestling. I just found this fucking show because I, I I like to watch. You know what I mean? The the show if I yeah. can to like give a better aspect than just reading it off a of paper and giving our thoughts. Yeah, I could. I couldn't find a lot tough. of wrestling at one day either. But the fucking tag match was so <laughs> random. Okay, so, like, you know how they're, like, big about, like, oh, yeah, Trish and Lita were the first ever main event Raw, even though they weren't. It was Stephanie and Lita. They're the first women to ever main event this match, and the women's do all this. Bro, back in May 1st, 1981, a wrestling challenge, we had a tag team match with two women. You know what I mean? Two teams of women. Mm-hmm. And, my God, like... I couldn't even watch this match. It was so slow, and then they were just like they—they were actually out of everybody the fastest people on the show. But it was, of course, run by the fabulous Mula. So the less to talk yeah, about course. her is is probably the best. Um, but yeah, but it just man, fuck. 
<laughs> like there was like nothing yeah. going on in the show. It was crazy. Especially like the, the compared yeah. to like okay, what we're gonna go to this wrestling challenge show or go see Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I was like, well, this show probably fucking bombed in the fucking ratings. That's for sure. For sure. Um, one thing though, like you mentioned, like you're talking about how you know, like like the during the women's revolution, like um, uh, at, at WWE when they really started like focusing on women's matches and had the women's pay per view, which yeah. had gone on. You know, they'd, they'd been doing that for, you know, nearly 20 years before that, but not to the extent that they were, like, focusing on it after Charlotte Flair and those guys got there. But, yeah, you're talking about, like, um, uh, Trish and Lita main eventing um, Raw. Yeah. As, like, a, you know, as, like, a watershed moment. Um, and also, like, with women referees. But back in the 80s, the WWF had women referees. Yeah, and they had women in main like. Well, we know about not, like, well, we know about part, one but... of the girl women referees. That's the one that Vixen Man had to pay off because he was flirting with her too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was trying to find a way to bring that up. <laughs> I'm glad you found a way, but yeah, but that well, it was a little more than that. I mean, if you read that story, kind of like assaulted her, but um, but yeah, they had women referees, and I'm guessing that they stopped having women referees after he paid after he had to pay her off. Yeah, what I, what I guess. Um, cause they were just like, well, we just won't put any of these people in this position so that we don't have to, we can't control Vince. So you know we know been hire a, um, that he'll sexually harass. You know, who have been a big, uh, Vixen man fan is our boy Scott. Yeah. On this, on, uh, on Friday. Yeah. He would have been a big, uh, big Vince fan at the time. Yeah. Yes. I, I completely agree with that. But yeah, so you found us like the worst WWF show. Yeah, but I mean, they can't all be winners, right? We got to do one of these every week, so yes, they can't all be. Winners. They can't all be winners. But the the one interesting aspect of this show was the commentary team, which was Vince McMahon, guy we just talked about, mm-hmm. and Pat Patterson. Interesting. So I think that's very interesting because you know the main two figureheads. Of 80s pro wrestling, taking it mm-hmm. to a boom period was Nick McMahon and Pat Patterson because I mean, a lot of people might not, might not know, but Pat Patterson was one of Vince McMahon's like right hand man of booking the 80s, of booking the matches and booking the storylines, and then booking you know a lot of you know he was obviously he's credited for the Royal Rumble. Pat Patterson is because yeah. that's the one of his creations, but he he was also a really good finish guy, and a finish guy pretty much means is. Uh, as somebody's entered the match of what the finish is going to be to lead to either a next match or, or a feud. And he was actually really well known to be that guy, especially in the eighties. So yeah. And he, he would continue to book into the nineties too. Oh yeah. 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 He would book for a long, long time. Like even in the two thousands and everything. Now he wasn't as prevalent in some areas, but he would always give his advice and obviously give his advice to younger talent, you know, before he passed away. But, you know, to me, the 80s and the WWF, we had like three figures. We had Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, and Pat Patterson pretty much yeah. dominated the 80s. You can add Bruce Pitcher in there for maybe a fourth. But those three figures in the WWF were the three prominent figures to make that company explode. So it's kind of cool to see them on screen together during the wrestling challenge to see what they would become. But the actual episode totally sucked. So... <laughs> They can't all be winners, right? Yeah, they can't all be winners. So. Not, not every show is great. Yeah. However, for metal, we do have something that's great. 
Um, so I had to scour the world to find this information. Yeah. Oh, but, that's nice. Um, so it took me a minute to come up with um, with something for this. But um, we've talked about this guy before, but we haven't talked about him in a while, so we're going to bring him back up. So May the 1st, 1981, the day this movie came out, um, the world-famous, the great Ozzy Osbourne oh, okay. ju- had just started the North American leg of the Blizzard of Oz tour, which would be his first solo tour. Nice. So, you know, you had Randy Rose. Randy, We talked about Randy Rose's death in 1982 earlier on the show in the archives somewhere. Yes. And um, so, he, so, you know, he wouldn't die for another year. So um, this was like the, the kind of the glory time of Ozzy Osbourne's solo shows. So he had already fired Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake. So Bob Daisley on bass was gone and Lee Kerslake was gone, but he had hired Tommy Aldridge and uh, Rudy Sarzo, who are both very good competent replacements. They're both very, very good musicians. Rudy was just coming out of Quiet Riot. I guess uh, I'm, I'm assuming that Randy Rhodes knew Rudy Sarzo from being Quiet Riot because uh, Randy was in Quiet Riot for a while. Um but yeah, so they had started their tour and they were playing that night in Boston at the Warfield Theater. Um, they had a really good set list too. This was a, this would have been a really really good, really good show. It starts off with the classic "I Don't Know," then it goes straight into "Crazy Train," which is weird to think that Ozzy's biggest solo hit was like the second song. Yeah, but you know these weren't hits yet. So, yeah, exactly. It, um, it takes a little right, bit to get it, to get a hit. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, they throw off with, I don't know, which he still opens with today, then Crazy Train, then Believer, and then Mr. Crowley was the fourth song, and Flying High Again was the fifth song. So he'd done, like, almost all of the hits in the first five songs. Um, but well, you then, know, you know, he the, finishes up. The, the 80s was kind of like that, yeah. though. You know what I mean? You got well, to get your main shit out first, and then all the all the other That's stuff you laid towards the end, you know? That's true. And luckily, you know, he had... um. He had his Black Sabbath catalog to fall back on. So, you know, he finishes the show up with Iron Man, Children of the Grave, and Paranoid. That's probably so, why you know, he did nobody, those ones. Nobody, exactly. Nobody yeah. went home unhappy, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to see a Randy Rhodes-era Ozzy Osbourne show. You know, it's just one of those things that I'll never get to see because I didn't live during that time. Yeah. Um, but That would have been a good show. Yeah, that would have been a great show. Have you ever seen Ozzy when he wasn't with uh, Black Sabbath? Because I know we both saw that Black Sabbath. <clears throat> no, no, i never seen him solo live, no. Black Sabbath is the only yeah, time I've him. ever seen him. Yeah, I've seen him a couple of times. Um, I do have this funny story about it, though, um, that it's not really funny, but it's funny to me in a dark kind of way. Um, so I wanted to see Ozzy again, right? And my friend Mark... Mark is known as having like the world's worst luck. Oh, okay. Mark. Like, he has all these crazy. Yeah. Is it like, is it like, uh, is it like, you know, when Triple H told us we all have our friend Mark? Uh, I, no, no, it's not like that oh, okay. at all. <laughs> no, Mark, Mark's a good dude. He just, he just has really bad luck. Okay. Um, and does you he know, bitch he online? Has, he has this, no, he doesn't bitch online. Okay. He has this story and he has a story that he always told me about. Um, cause Ozzy Osbourne is his favorite artist and, um, he has a story about him and his ex-wife and he was going to go to see Ozzy Osbourne and she caused some kind of problem and he didn't get to see Ozzy. He missed Ozzy. Um, so I always thought, you know, I was like, 
maybe I'll just get me and Mark tickets to Ozzy when he comes back around. So I did, you know, so this is pre COVID. So I got tickets for this Ozzy show and Ozzy canceled four times. Oh shit. And then finally the show was canceled altogether and it never happened. Now Ozzy's like has Parkinson's and will probably never tour again. Yeah. And I, every time I think about it, I just can't, I keep thinking like if I'd never bought Mark a ticket for this show, I would have got to see Ozzy again. Dang. That's how Four times he canceled. That's crazy. I blame, I blame, I blame Mark for this. But anyway, that's my funny, uh, you told your funny Taco Bell story. I told my funny Ozzy Osbourne story. And we might be ready to move on to who booked this shit. Who booked this shit, brother? There's a lot to talk about when it comes to this movie. There's a lot, yeah. And we'll obviously, you know, we don't like to have this podcast go at least three hours, but we probably could with this fucking movie. But I'll we do, could, but yeah. I'll, I'll do the bullet points, you know. So there's a couple of things that happened with part two that I found very interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have a new writer and a new director. Okay, that did that did part two. Yeah. So <clears throat> the reason this kind of like happened, which um, I found was pretty interesting, was because so there, there's a couple of things. So basically, the the success of the first one, you know what I mean? Obviously, we we've seen this before a lot in the '80s, but you know, you have a successful first movie, they're obviously going to make a second one, but. They the the original creator like Sean Cunningham they they thought the Friday the Thirteenth movie franchise was going to be like an anthology series, you know, kind of like how they yes. wanted to do Halloween. Remember when they're doing Halloween three season of the witch? They wanted to make yeah. Halloween like an anthology ser- series, so they wanted to make Friday the Thirteenth very similar. You know, just they would be called Friday the Thirteenth, and it'd be on that superstition of Friday the Thirteenth being like a unlucky day. All right. Which I think would have been a better idea. Not as iconic, <clears throat> no. but I think it was a better idea than what we got. No, because I don't think so. Because I think it just okay. shit, shit would have just turned into fucking uh, creep show or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe, but when we get to like Halloween eight, <laughs> then tell me it, if it I doesn't mean, matter. Uh, the, 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 okay, the thing about the Halloween series, <laughs> Still which, see if you feel that way. We're probably gonna argue about it because there is some shit, shitty uh, <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. But I mean, come on now. <laughs> You know, well, we'll talk about next week, number three. But when Jason gets his fucking hockey mask, I mean, that is the most iconic. He became like yes. a, a legend, basically. He became like an iconic yeah. figure. You know, you see a hockey mask, you see a machete, you oxy, you know who the fuck this person is. He's in every fucking Halloween store, every Halloween, every year. Jason's around. Yeah. I mean, well, if they would have done the anthology series, we never would have got that, and that would have been horrible. No, we wouldn't have got horrors. any of that. You're right. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it became more iconic because of the hockey mask, but the idea I think would have been better if it was just. It, but you're right. It would have been like creep show. It would have yeah. been like getting a new creep show every year. Um, but yeah, you're right. That I mean, the the hockey mask is Jason. I mean, I, I bet there are people that call it a Jason mask now because yeah, like pretty much. it's been so long since hockey players wore masks like that that yeah. probably hardly anybody knows what that is. Yeah, if you just showed it to them. Exactly. Oh, and like, well, you know, number three is gonna be very fun next week. Because I remember how he gets the hockey mask, and you think like you think it's gonna be some like legendary moment, you know what I mean? Like the fucking mask opens up from the sky, he gets it from Satan or something. No, we'll get there though. We'll get there. But um, but pretty much, w- what happened was the Paramount was like, "No, brother, 
That, that don't work for me, brother. You got to have this fucking Jason guy in here because everybody is interested because of that fucking Jason scene at the end of the movie. They want to see more mm-hmm. of Jason. And like Cunningham and Tom, all of them were like, nah, bro, that was just supposed to be some sort of joke. You know? Yeah. That was like, yeah, no. Tom Zavini just thought it would yeah. be a joke. Yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're like, whoa, whoa, brother. Like, no, 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 no. Like, it doesn't make sense if Jason comes back here. And if you if you look at it, though, like, when do you want to explain the timeline? Well, I mean, I thought we'd just talk about it as we go. Okay. Like, when we start talking about the beginning of this movie, I'll explain it. Because I know we had an argument kind of earlier today about the timeline. Yeah. But the information that I looked up was incorrect, and I okay. believe you are indeed correct about the timeline. Yeah, brother. All right, <laughs> I do my, I do my, I know my Jason. All right, shit, all right, all right. You were right about something. Let's move on. But but the timeline doesn't make sense, and I'll bring that up when we do it. And I'll well, and okay. I actually yeah, have we'll a theory too. I have a theory too about why I can kind of like make it be believable. All right, but basically, does it involve time travel? No. Okay, but good. That'd be, that'd be, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> we'll save that one for Jason Five or something. Anyway, so, so like, uh, so like, basically, they they didn't agree to do it. You know, like Sean yeah. and Tom Savini, they didn't want to do it because they they didn't see the point. They're like, well, I, well, there was no story there. You know, so basically, the the director guy that that did this movie was um, Steve Miner. And he was actually, minor, yeah. yeah, he was actually, and I was doing some research about him. He was actually a production assistant uh, to Sean on the original Friday the Thirteenth, and I believe he also worked on Last House, Last House on the Left as well, too. Yeah, so. he also made he he also became a really distinguished director, and he yeah. made a lot of really good movies. Like he directed House, yes. Um, he directed um, Warlock, Warlock brother. Um, he directed Lake Placid, that movie with Betty White and why, the Giant Crocodile. Why, 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 why are you skipping over uh, uh, Halloween H2O, brother? H2O. <laughs> My boy LL Cool J. I was going to bring it up last. I fucking love that movie. You kidding me? For a 2000s Halloween movie, I think he thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He did direct Halloween H2O as well. He did the remake of Day of the Dead. Like he our, did, he, yeah. So, I mean, he did, he does some good shit. He does Dawson's Creek, brother. All right. I know oh, you're a big fan. Dawson's Creek. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, he did some he did some television episodes too. And I think he did a um he did a couple um oh good TV series. Um I think let's see. Yeah, yeah, I think it was just the Dawson's Creek one I was looking at. Yeah, Smallville too. That's the one too. He did some Smallville shit. Mm-hmm. So you you know. You know, this but this was like his uh, directorial debut. And I th- I thought he did a great job. Heck yeah, he did. So, and so basically, that's how they were kind of getting this movie. So, so the big thing about the Friday the Thirteenth series was the advertisement, and we didn't talk about this too much on the the Friday the Thirteenth original last week, but I want to talk about it uh, quickly over here. So the the big reason that the original Friday the Thirteenth actually took off. All right, was because of the way they advertised the film, okay? And basically what it was, was it was like, hey, you're going to watch this movie and you're going to see some fucking death, okay? Like, they're pretty much straight to the fucking point, all right? And this movie was very similar, too, because they're like, 
I was I was watching all the ads and all the, the advertisements and stuff, you know, just to see how they're like mm-hmm. the little some you know most horror films are just the same, you know, they got the same intro. There might be some spooky shits, you know, do a couple scenes. This one was all like, you saw Allison's friends die in the original 12, 13, 14, 15. I was like, what? There's a countdown? What the hell's going on over here? It's like, yes, you'll see fucking 20 bodies die, brother. I was like, fuck. I was like, okay, yeah, I want to go to this shit. You know what I mean? So it was, yeah, they should sell movies like that now. I know. Like, you don't see the fucking, uh, well, well that's, a, that's another conversation I can have. Most of the fucking movies now are all these ghost shit I don't give a fuck about. All right. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a cu- jump scares. There's a couple of good shit here and there. Like you know, you know, a couple of good slashes that's hard to find. But they they don't do advertisement like this. You know what I mean? This shit was even over the radio, counting down the dead bodies you're gonna be seeing. I was like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just need to like make ads and like you're gonna see some fucked up shit if you come see this movie. People, I swear, people would come yeah. see it if they didn't try to make it like the Nun or the Conjuring or any of that shit. Like it just said, you know, look, this is fucked up. You know, this is uh, this is based on a true story. That's always a good one, right? It's yeah. based on a true story. You will never be the same when you watch this. Well, a couple movies you know, have done just, that. True, Terrifier, maybe. Yeah, well, not, not based on a true story. So they did the uh, the one I think think about was the um, the Strangers. Oh yeah, that's well, true. Even though it wasn't based well, on a true story example, at all. Well, that's a good example, right? Yeah, that's a good example because that's like you know that's what you need to do. That's what a horror movie should be. The Strangers was legitimately scary. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I swear, dude, like, I swear, like, if you're watching that shit at nighttime and then somebody comes and knocks on your door, you'll shit yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like like we were saying, the, the original plan was to make a movie every year, a uh, Friday the 13th movie every year, and have different casts and a different, char- you know, character, like villain, all surrounded by the th- Friday the 13th view. But mm-hmm. that changed because the studio wanted the you know steve to to produce everything and then that's when they wanted to add more of the jason character and that's when steve and then the writer of the film ron kurtz they came up with the whole um jason for his backstory which i thought you know definitely was a fun one and so the film it opened uh in theaters in new york city los angeles and san francisco may 1st 1981 it surprisingly negative reviews and was less financially wow. successful than the first film grossing 21.7 million in the u.s on a budget of 1.5 million but it's it still made a pretty good amount of money it yeah. just didn't make the 60 million dollars the first one made. yeah exactly but and i thought this one was still pretty good it. yeah of course so Absolutely. i did this this one is the one that i think can age a little better over time all right mm-hmm. so a couple of things before we get into the full review uh, we have our girl, uh, and I thought this is kind of interesting. The girl who played Alice, all right, uh, Adrian King. Uh, there's two conflicting stories of why she wasn't like in the full movie. Okay. Yeah. Because if you remember, she was like the final girl out of the first one, and you mm-hmm. know, like we'll, we'll talk about soon, she dies really quickly in the second one. And I actually thought that was very interesting because. You know, she ain't no fucking, uh, 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 was it Laurie Strode? Okay, we're not doing her that she survives every fucking movie. Uh, she ain't, right. she ain't being that girl from Aliens. What's the girl from Aliens? Ripley. Ripley, yeah, yeah. She ain't Sigourney her. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney, yeah, Sigourney Weaver. She ain't her. So, you know, we've already established that we have like a main, fine, even the girl from, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Even though, didn't, she just went away, but then she came back. 
All right. So, you know, but this girl just straight up died. So I was like, okay, well, fuck. Okay. There goes your main, uh, your heroin. So basically the, the two conflicting stories was apparently one of the stories was that she had an obsessed fan after the original Friday the 13th. And she, she purposely wanted her role to be as small as possible while she was doing this film. Okay. Mm-hmm. But another story was, and this was actually in the Crystal Lake Memories, that could be history of Friday the Thirteenth. It was stated that King's agent had asked for a higher salary, which the which the uh, studio couldn't afford. So she tried yeah, to get that's a the story money. that I heard. Which yeah, yeah, that's the story that I heard, which I got out of Crystal Lake Memories. A lot of my information about Friday the Thirteenth does come from Crystal Lake Memories, which is a great long two part documentary about the making of all these movies. Yeah. But yeah, the, what I'd heard was that she just wanted too much money and they just weren't willing to pay it. Yeah, exactly. Or couldn't pay it, but whatever. So there's a couple of things that was happening. You know, obviously there's a lot more. Uh, there's one, um, there's apparently one incident that the guy who played Jason for, he's Steve Deskowitz. Mm-hmm. Is that his name, sure. right? He's playing Jason. Apparently, one scene that he fucking cut his hand so bad on machete that they had to rush his ass to the hospital. And uh, it's very interesting to see like this this Jason compared to like what we're gonna be seeing pretty soon. I know we talked about that a little bit, but it's gonna be pretty fun to to explore the evolution of the Jason character after this. Um, but you know, we also have a new uh, person who did all the gore. In the film, all the prosthetics in this film. I thought they did a pretty good job. Uh, we have a... Uh, where was that name at? Carl Fullerton. Yeah, Carl Fullerton. I thought they did a pretty good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, pretty good on blood. So he did. He actually did a better job than the movie lets on. I don't know if you... Um, I know we both watched it from our Shot Factory um, yep. Blu-ray set. Did you watch the... Um, Yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, so that looks a little. If those were in the movie, I think that he would have gotten a lot more respect for the effects on this movie. Well, Um, you know, remember during this particular era, they cut a lot of shit down. You know what I mean? It took actually took him a couple edits just to get an R rating in this fucking film. You know what I mean? And like nowadays, bro, imagine them showing like Terrifier like back in 1981. It couldn't happen. You know what I mean? That maybe, but that's a bad ex- example. Like I really, f- honestly, yeah. feel like in mainstream movies, I think I think Terrifier is an exception that got through the cracks somehow. But I actually feel like it would be harder to make a movie like a lot of these nineteen eighties movies that we talk about. You know, I think it would be harder to make that now. Like it would be harder to make those movies like that yeah. and that kind of violence, um, and then. Um, and, and also that, that dark, and then make them get an R rating. Like, I think a perfect example is the remake of Last House on the Left. Yeah. Like, the remake of Last House is like, you know, it's basically a children's story compared to the original. Yeah. Or, um... Doesn't that have, have um... Eyes. Wait, does, does, does the remake of Last House, doesn't it have Ryan Reynolds in it? No. No, okay, that's... I don't think Ant- so. Okay, that might be Amityville. Amityville. Yeah. yeah, Amityville does. But, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I mean, we've talked about this before. But there's, like, some things I think you could make now and some I think you can't. Um, but, I mean, I see what you're trying to say. But, yeah, they did edit movies a lot then. But they also edit movies a lot now. 
Um, so I don't know that it's really any different. I feel like people are way more conservative now than they were in the early eighties though, in general. Uh, yeah, certain. Yes. For certain things. That's for sure. So, uh, two, two little, little, little facts. All right. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the full review, uh, now I'm pretty sure we got this confirmed, but the the sack that Jason was wearing on his fucking head during the whole movie, okay? Yeah. That was and had to be inspired by a true story. A true story that was made into a movie, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. So, I don't know if that was confirmed. I was going to bring that up as a possibility. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't see how it couldn't have been influenced by that that movie, The it Town That Dreaded Sundown. Well, it was, um, but surely it was. It right? had to be. I mean, to me, it had to be. You know what I mean? Because it looked yeah. exi- identical. And the town that just said, yes, it was like a brown sack, not a white sack like this one was. All right? With the little eye poking out. They both had the eye poking out of it. All right? Mm-hmm. That's a good movie, though. The Town of Dread Sundown story is pretty crazy. Yes. Great film. So, <laughs> another fun fact that I didn't realize was the character who played Sandra... Okay, oh, you're gonna. I knew you'd bring this up. <laughs> this 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 Marta girl who was fucking yeah. on my boy Jeff. All right. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Apparently, she done filmed the scene nude. All right. Yeah. And then Paramount's like, uh, "How old are you, bitch?" All right. And, and they're like, hey, "Can you?" I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like they didn't know she was 16 years was, old. Yeah, no. Oops. Like they like. Oops. They better get rid of that film people? quick, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that still exists though. So um, they Dang. just didn't put it on the Blu-ray for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but so the re- so they um, so those um cut scenes that are uh, with the with the added gore that that are on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Those came from a VHS tape that, that so they thought all that stuff was lost permanently. Yeah. And but right before they made that Blu-ray set, they found out that Carl Fullerton still had all the cutscenes on a VHS tape, which is why they look the way they do on the yeah. Blu-ray. I mean, you know, it's a VHS. It looked awesome. Um, to be that, honest with you, yeah, like, listen, to be honest with you, I think they should have made a cut where it looked like an old VHS because I was watching some of those scenes. I was like, fuck, bro, this is fucking, it looks so 80s. You know what I mean? Well, we could just watch it on VHS. We could just buy VHS. I don't got no VCR no more. Oh, I still have a VCR. I need to pop oh, that in, brother. I know. Fuck. Um, there's converters. But yeah, so I can play it on my TV. All of, that's exactly you could, and all of the, um, all of the, uh, all of the cutscenes are on that VHS tape, including uh, Mar- Marta Cobra's nude scene. But they didn't put it on the Blu-ray because she was 16. Yeah, that's an, that's part of his personal collection, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, let's get all into Friday the Thirteenth. Part two. I don't want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. Hey, you guys, look at this. It's Camp Blood. This place is on the same lake as we're going to be. He's still out there. Jason. Some sort of demented creature. If I was you, I'd have located in the next county. Quiet for five years, and that's the way we want to keep it. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded, and he took his revenge. A revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again. No, 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 no. 
All right, so we're here. We start off by seeing this like little kid walking in the rain. And I was like, is this fucking it? Did I get the right movie? I mean, I well, granted though, it hasn't been released yet. You know, right. I'm pretty it sure the book, now did the book come out? I'm not putting you on the spot here. Uh, not 1981, no. I think it the book came out in like 1984 or 1985. Okay. So it was was inspired by Friday the Thirteenth Part Two opening scene. Sure. Kid playing in the fucking rain. Mom tells him to get away. So so then we see Jason's footsteps, which we know we don't know whose footsteps these are at the time. But we're like, okay, this must be like a killer. All right. Mm. So now we. So I. I didn't really. I totally keep forgetting about this when I watch this movie that we have a whole recap of the first fucking movie. Yeah. Right? Like the, the movie's only an hour and 26 <laughs> minutes long, and yeah. the first five or six minutes of the movie yeah. is a recap of the first movie. Yeah. I was like, what am I watching? Silent Night, Deadly Night 2? What is going on here? <laughs> All right. So it's Alice. She's having one of them nightmares, brother. Okay. And mm-hmm. we got the recap. The recap was only like when she met uh, Pamela Voorhees. All right, and I still like the scene where like Pamela's like whooping her ass and like banging her head against the fucking sand. <laughs> I don't know why I like that scene yes. so much, where they're fucking super strength. All right, but then she when she wakes up, Alice does for her nightmare, and she gets a call from her mom, and apparently she's at a her own house or secret house or. I don't think they had like witness protection at this time because everybody was supposed to be dead from the event. So she was just at some sort of house and she's figuring yeah, stuff she's, out her own way. Yeah, she's like, um, so it's it's a couple, it's like two months later, right? After they got her out yeah. of the lake. Yeah, supposedly, yeah, uh, it's about that, two months later, yes. And then she's been in like different kinds of mental, mental situations, like mental institutions or whatever. And now she's finally moved down into her own apartment. That didn't look like an apartment. That looked like a fucking house. No, I think it's like a it's like one of those houses that has like it's broken up into apartments. Look like a fucking huge ass. Well, you know, this is nineteen eighty one, so I'm pretty sure an apartment nowadays you can get a mansion back then. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. So she's taking a shower, cat scares her and shit. And she's walking around. You can see there's some, you know, somebody's gonna be popping out because we saw some feet earlier. Yeah. Then she like looks. I think she opens the fridge and closes it, and then this is when we see a dead head, right there, rotting dead head. Which we find out who that's who that head is from later. And then out of nowhere, the fucking killer, which we assume is Jason, just takes like a screwdriver and just jams it to her head. And then fuck, we start the, the intro. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, it's a nice pick. I was like, well, there goes the main fucking girl. Yeah, your final girl's gone. What are you gonna do now? I would have been shocked by watching like, this that. Is- because, you know, I've, I've already been established that our main girl is like the, is like the, the survivor, you know what I mean? Because, like, you know, Halloween, we had Lori Strode and she came back at number two. You know, like I said, we had the, the uh, writer, okay, you know, from Aliens. You know, we, we already established, but this one, they just killed the bitch off. I was like, damn, there she goes. Yeah. Like, how did Jason even get there? Okay, so there, okay, that this is okay. Now, now we're getting into uh, uh, debate time. Okay, okay. So, so it uh, doesn't say where she is, but I'm assuming she's not near the camp yeah. still. Well, you know what I mean. And supposedly, um, 
So what I'm assuming is, you know, Jason and Michael, Jason and uh, um, Michael Myers, you know, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They were they are, locked yeah. up in a certain institution. You know, Michael was, but then Jason was in his own shack for over certain amount of years. We'll get into that when we do the timeline. And during that process, they just figured it out on their own how to get get a car, gas it up, and then maybe hitchhike. I have no idea, but he got there. Okay, maybe, or maybe he has like teleportation powers, like Michael Myers is supposed to have. Maybe, um, yeah. This is the only part of this movie that, well, other, if if you can believe any of this at all, then you know this is the only part to me that's like completely unbelievable. Is that he would be able to get to wherever she is yeah find her get to where she is and kill her yeah um but he does and he kills her and then and uh then she's gone body count number one yep number one of 20 or whatever they said well it wasn't necessarily 20 but it was like maybe 10 or it was a bunch of numbers so then we get the intro and then we we cut to a big big ass truck all right and this is when we meet Two of our counselors, Jeff and Sandra, they are stopping. They go by a payphone. That's right, kids, payphone. Mm-hmm. You ever use a payphone before? I have used a payphone, yes. I think I have two. I don't remember it, though, but I'm pretty sure I used one. So they had the payphone calling up this guy named Paul to give him some directions. In the distance, we can see that their truck is being towed. And then comes my favorite character of the series so far, Ralph. Telling him, hey, you're I, all going to die. No, no. He was like, hey, I told the last kids and shit, you're all going to die. <laughs> it's like I told the last <laughs> bunch. Coming over here, you're all doomed. You're all doomed. Yep. And they're all dead, aren't they? And they're just like looking at him like, what the hell is wrong with this old geezer? But he was right there. Ralph was right. We should get a shirt mm-hmm. that says Ralph was right the whole time. Ralph was right. All right. Bro, I'm so bummed out today. Well, we'll get there. So after this, Jeff sees that his truck's being uh, a towed, and he's trying to get the tow driver to stop it. He's not. And then it was all a big rib by our uh-huh. boy Ted. Wait. Fucking Ted, brother. Is this, okay, is this the biggest nerd in horror films, Ted, or no? One of them, yeah. He is one of them. Because I was thinking back in my archive brain to see if there was a bigger fucking nerd than this Ted guy. And like, boy, he's 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 almost number one. Okay, because almost, yeah. I mean, pretty bad. We get a we get a big nerdy character in part three. Okay, maybe maybe he'll be maybe the we'll have like a nerd battle and see which one is the more nerdy. Sure. So Ted was just ribbing him. And now they all go in the truck, and they all go to the uh, to the to the lake, to the training camp lake. So they're driving there. They see a big ass branch. You know what I mean? That's when they find the sign Camp Crystal Lake. So basically, we're seeing that. I thought this was kind of clever, actually. So the lake that they're going to is not Camp Crystal Lake, but it's a nearby lake. But it's it's no, so no, it's no, go ahead. No, it is the same lake. Yeah. But the the Crystal Lake camp is still closed, and yeah. it's on the other side right. of the camp that they're at. Yeah, the campground I meant to say is yeah. like is like a different campground. The lake's the same, but the campground's different. Yeah. But I like it for like okay, well, <laughs> this doesn't. I mean, 
tell me that this makes sense. All right, we had a deadly mass killer killed about like twelve bodies in the fucking Camp Crystal Lake. We're gonna shut that camp down. Right. But then a camp sure. that's like you can literally walk there. Oh, that one's fine. That one's fine. Yeah. What yeah. what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah. Spirits won't go over there, brother. You know, there's no, like a there's like no. this wired fence. You know, they can't go past, brother. All right, we did yeah. some we did some shit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that when they're trying to move the big log out of the road, yeah, she like uh, Marta, uh, what, what's her name, Sandra? Is Sandra, her yeah. Sandra, Marta, Marta, Cooper, Sandra. She just walks off into the woods. Like I thought she was going to go off into the woods and pee. Yeah, me but too. She like just randomly walks off into the woods and finds the sign for Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, what was the sign? Like they like, didn't have the original sign, the famous sign. It was just some piece of wood with the name on it. It was just a piece of wood with the words Camp Crystal Lake painted yeah. on it. It was like, here, let's just paint this and throw it over in the woods and have her go yeah. find it. So this is when we start meeting the crew. All right, we meet we meet Paul. And this is when we meet Terry. So Terry is like the, the, the hot chick. You know what I mean? Seeing we yeah. see she's like a Mickey Mouse shirt and showing her ass off. And we got our boy Scott flirting where he does the old uh, gun flickering at her ass. You ever, uh, yeah, well, he, he, shoot, he shoots her in the ass with a slingshot. Like, yeah. I don't know. I've never tried that. Maybe it works. I don't I don't know. You know what? Um, I, I think I, I try. Maybe, actually, maybe I have. So, a little story. When I was watching yeah. this fucking movie, uh, Beth walks by and Miss Nofi herself. I was yeah. like, okay, she's kind of wearing the same kind of pants here. So, so what <laughs> I did was I took a Pepsi bottle cap and I threw it at her ass, but I fucking missed. Damn it. I might have got it. Yeah, yeah. If you'd have, if you'd have hit it, if you'd have hit her, that would have been. Yeah, that would have been it, brother. Game over, apparently, right there. Brother. Apparently, that apparently that's like, uh, like really, that's like the height of flirting there, because because yeah. he he hits her with the bottle with the rock or whatever from the slingshot, and yeah. then she turns around and she's like, "Oh, you silly boy," or whatever. And I like how um I like how everybody was like kind of like in summer gear, and he was just like all fucking fabioed up with his fucking shirt and shit. That was funny. Yeah, like. Like yeah, like I was trying to figure out what the weather was supposed to be like because in some scenes it looks like it's cold and in some scenes it looks like they're all wearing like well, I assume and stuff. I assume it's kind of like here where during the daytime it could be like a little high, but then during the nighttime you get a little cool breeze. So because they did say there was bears there, so yeah, and it's up north, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably it probably gets colder at night up yeah. north, maybe. So now we're meeting some more crew. We make we meet <laughs> Mark, the wheelchair guy who's in training, and we make Vicky. The girl who wants to fuck him the whole movie. All right. Yes. Which is that was, great. That was That's her character. Don't tell me that wasn't her character because that was her character. No, that that was definitely her character. Yes. Um. Yeah. So Paul's is all talking about. The, so basically, what they're at is it's like it's not a real summer camp. This is a this is a camp who trains counselors. So we're not going to have any yes. kids show up. We're just going to invite a bunch of like teenage slash well i guess most of them were 21 because they all went to that fucking bar so a lot of like you know middle-aged teens or shit or something or yeah, no, like maybe. Younger, i mean also younger you gotta younger consider adults, too that the, yeah you gotta consider too that the um uh drinking age hasn't always been 21 it used to be 18 okay okay that makes sense and they're getting back yeah this movie um yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I'm pretty sure in 1981 the drinking age was 18, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. So he, the the Paul is like the main counselor teacher, and he was basically saying that everybody in this that's got to this training camp 
has been a counselor before and some of them he's worked with before, but they're basically here to tone to hone their skills of being a counselor. I wonder if these things actually exist. Hmm. I don't know, like there's summer camps that are like that are like um training camps for camp counselors. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that I don't know, it's weird that it's weird that they would go to that um in in the um summertime because normally they would be working their jobs in the summertime well maybe this is an off season maybe Mm -hmm. maybe it's an off season so maybe they have to do this training camp before they can do uh actual camping so maybe they have to do this in the next year if they survive yes they'll go uh they survive they go to the real camp if they survive they'll go to the real camp yeah so uh this is where we meet our girl gina she gina uh, gina 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 yeah Uh, and then jenny Jenny, yeah. Jenny in it. Yeah, our girl Jenny. She shows up Jenny. late. All right, in her fucking red car. All right, and she goes up to Paul and shit, and they just go to the fucking counselor room, don't even say anything to everybody else. And Paul's like a little mad at her, but yet you can tell that they're flirting. Mm-hmm. All right, and he's like, you didn't even call. She's like, well, the phones are not working, so we're getting a hint. We're kind of like, okay, we got. You know, I like when they put like little hints. Oh, the phone's not working. I say, okay, well, we know. Nobody's going to be calling no police when the shit goes down. Exactly. All right. And then basically you could see that Paul, like I said, Paul and Sandra are flirting and he's, uh, he's fraternizing with the staff brother. All right. He tells them bears are around too. He tells the whole crew like, Hey, be careful out there. There's bears here. All right. So uh, Gina, she's having a little car trouble. They're still flirting shit. Talking about this. He gets some gas in his face, like smoke gas. He fixed the car. So, you know, this scene I want to bring up because they they are they're showing that the car is not reliable, which will come up later as well too. So we have two we have two little horror movie hints of the phone not working and your car not being reliable. So now this okay. So this part maybe when I when I recap this we can talk about the timeline. Okay, so. And I actually thought this scene was very good. And I think this is like a trope for like later horror movies that are in summer camps. So we have Paul mm-hmm. around the the campfire talking to the whole crew. Okay. And he is telling the story of Jason. Okay. So yeah. the story is that they're telling in this campfire is that Jason supposedly drowned in 19... 19- 57, okay. Then from seeing him drown, the mother went insane, so she killed the two, you know, counselors in 1958. Then she she waited until 1980 to to go, because, you know, because like we said in the first film, there was a couple times they tried to open up Crystal Lake, but there, the water was bad and shit. So yeah. they opened up Crystal Lake in 1980, and that's when we had uh, uh, Chris Lee's and his whole crew being in there. And, of course, Pamela's the one that murdered all them. But during all this time, Jason was, like, still, like, wandering around in the forest. Okay? And he actually saw his mom's head being chopped off by Alice. And that is what drove him <laughs> to be insane, to go supposedly kidnap Alice because they never found Alice after two months 
um, after this incident happened, but there was blood everywhere, but nobody ever knows what happened to Alice. And and he, then he was going on saying, like, yes, and we are the first people to be here five years after all that incident happened. And, and some say Jason is still out here searching for blood. So that's the timeline yes. that I got. Okay. So in... So, hold on. So in this movie, we're in 1985. Am I correct? Correct. Yeah, we are now in 1985. Yes. So yes. there's two... Com- Competing timelines. One is mine. Okay. And one is like one you can read online. So for some reason, and the research that I've found is that the first movie takes place in 1979. Okay. But I don't know why anybody thinks that. Yeah, because they don't say okay, that. Because at all. one, right, they don't say that at all anywhere that I can see. And one, I assume that the movie takes place on Friday. The, the ending, the last day, the last day of the movie, I assume, is Friday the Thirteenth, nineteen eighty. So nineteen seventy nine, and she says it's June. Yeah, June. Yeah. So Jason was born June thirteenth, nineteen fifty seven. Well, he wasn't I mean, born no, then. He doesn't really die. Nineteen forty six. Right. Yeah. Nineteen forty six. Yeah. And he died. Um, he died on in nineteen fifty seven. Yeah. But because doesn't she say so? It's June. It's June the thirteenth, um, which I'm assuming is a Friday because that's what the movie's called. Because otherwise, there would be no reason for this movie to be called Friday the thirteenth in continuity. There would be no reason for that. So if it's Friday and and 1980 had a Friday the thirteenth in June. There you go. Now there there wasn't a full moon that day. I told you I did a lot of research on this. There wasn't a full moon that day because remember the sheriff says there's a full moon too. Yeah, it brings out the crazy and the rapers out. Yeah, it brings out the crazy and the rapers. Yeah, so um, so there's no, uh, there was no full moon, but there was no Friday the thirteenth in June of 1979, but there was in 1980. Which the only reason I could think anybody thinks it takes place in 1979 is because 19 June of 1980 would still be in the future from when this. Movie, the first movie came out because it came out in May of 1980. So it would take place like a month and a half later. Yeah. Right. Well, this fucking okay. movie number two so, takes about like fucking four <laughs> years later. <laughs> right. So, so now we jump uh-huh. to 1985, even uh-huh. though it's actually 1981 in real time. So uh-huh. it also takes place in the future. Um, so when they're sitting around the campfire talking, that could just be a campfire story, right? It could just be a legend, but it does fit the timeline better yeah. than the, what you know people commonly think of as the timeline for this movie because like people most people that i've that i've read anything about talking about this movie is that the first movie takes place in the summer of 1979 but she's but it's june right it's june it's june um friday the 13th in june of whatever year that she that pamela voice is killing those people because she says um, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday, right? Yeah, today's birthday, yeah. He doesn't say this is the day he died. He died in September. Yeah, it's his but birthday. But she says yeah. this, yeah, this is, this. Jason is my son, and today is his birthday. So, I'm, so that makes me think that he was born on June 13th, 1946, because he was 11 when he died in 1957, right? Yeah. So now... We're in 1980, June 13th, Friday the 13th, June 1980. Yeah, makes the most sense to me. Right, being in 1980. Yeah, yeah. 
So that to, that is now the official canon timeline as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Now with this but one, now we're in 1985. Yeah, we're in. Well, I mean, because Paul basically said he said we're here five years later. I mean, he said, yeah. and that wasn't part of the story. Just like saying for a fact, like yes, we are yeah, here five it, years later. It is later. five years later, right? So it's 1985. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. Like you know, jump. You don't have to be in the actual year you're fucking filming this shit. It doesn't really matter. Of course. So, but then after this, uh, that was a good timeline, though. I think we all cleared that up. Now, there is one. Yeah. So, basically, the big controversy with the timeline, though, is obviously in the original Friday the 13th, we saw Jason. He was a little boy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's the one that had attacked Alice. So, that's a dream, though. That never a, happened. Yeah, that's a dream, though. So, it was her supposedly yeah. dreaming about Jason, or it was Jason doing his best, uh, what, what do you call it? Astral projection. Projection. Yeah, it could be, could be him ast- astral astral projecting. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I so the way I look at it is the ending of Friday the Thirteenth Part One is a dream that never happened, but it is by sheer coincidence that Jason is living in the woods. Yeah, um, even though they never talk about that in the first movie at all. I got a I got a um, question you know, for you though. Right. So we have determined that Pamela freaked out because her son drowned, and when you drown, yes. you're pretty much dead. <laughs> And that's why she became a raging killer, supposedly. Now, yes. did she know Jason survived or no? No. Well, why didn't Jason come back to her and be like, hey, I guess what? I didn't drown, mommy. That's the one thing that doesn't make any sense. Like, why does she think he's drowned? Well, I actually... They never I, found a body. They say that several times. They never found his body. But I do have a theory. Okay. Okay. So, Jason did drown... And he supposedly, maybe, he, he's kind of one of those things where you drown, but you get pulled up and you, you survive. So maybe uh, okay. the, the so maybe, like, he actually, like, survived. And then a year later, when Pamela, when she killed those two counselors because of what happened that year later, maybe then she found Jason out in the woods. And she's like, oh, shit, well, you survived. But then she's like, hey, I, I made a vow to you, Jason. If any counselors ever come back here, I will kill them. And I'll let you live here because this is where you Maybe. supposedly died and you're not the same Jason that you were. You're not my son. You're like this like other creature that came out of it. But if anybody yeah, comes and disturbs you in your final resting place of the of the of the Crystal Lake, I will make sure they die. So I'll poison the water. I'll do what I need to to make sure this place doesn't open so nobody can disturb you because you became a creature that looks like you're from the Hills of Eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you would think that even at 11 years old, like, he would be, like, in- instead of just, like, saying, well, fuck it, I guess I have to live in the woods forever, yeah. you know, he would, like, wander out somewhere, yeah. you know what I mean? But, so I'm guessing maybe Pamela know. kept his ass there, okay? Because mm. it's one of those things where, like, she was so... Her, her original son died and this creature came out and she didn't think this creature was her like her son but she wanted to keep him like hidden okay so i, I like that she came in insane let's re- yeah. let's re- let's, re- let's refine it a little bit make it a little simpler so so maybe she did know that jason survived but she tells everybody that he died because she's trying to keep him in the woods to protect him from being bullied like he was by everybody. Yeah. But And she doesn't want anybody to come around the camp, so she says that he died, and that's why she's trying to kill people. Yeah. And then when she got her head chopped Lord. off, Jason's like, oh, shit, that was my mom. 
as my protector. Mm. So I'm going to go get revenge on the fucking girl who killed her. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to look on a phone book, which I don't know how to do. I'm going to drive a car and take a train I don't know what to do. And then I'm going to kill her. And then I'm going to come back yeah. to Crystal Lake and later on I'm going to get magical powers. So that's what happens. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. But I, I think we got it, though. I think we got a pretty good timeline going here. I like it. Now, I do mm. have something that I'll do at the end of the film of seeing if this timeline is its own separate thing or if it's actually going to continue in number three, but we'll get there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm wondering if uh, we will catch up to our five-year timeline because I, I haven't seen these movies in a really long time, Yeah. so I really don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually learning this myself. For the, and we're taking um, a deep dive in these myself. ones, brother. Yeah. We ain't playing around with this Friday the 13th series. So after this, after Ted scares everybody, Paul's like, all right, everybody, now we got all that out of our system. I don't want to hear all this crap about Jason or Pamela. They're dead. All right. And then, by the way, Camp Crystal Lake, off limits. Don't go there. Don't go there. So we have now we have all the crew. They're all hanging out inside. We're seeing Mark um, arm wrestle people. We have uh, uh, Scott. He's trying to get a dance with Terry. He ends up dancing with Terry's dog, Muffin. Uh, we see some pers- first person view outside, so we got that coming back. The first person view that means you know, obviously, the killer is sneaking on by. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, you know, dances with the dog. Yeah. Um, the dog, the dog gets, sees Jason, yeah. Job sees Jason, and he's like, oh, I can't get any luck today. <laughs> Good job. And then, of course, we have Gina, she beats Paula chest. All right, and then Gina's like, oh, I don't want to arm wrestle, I don't want to dance with the dog, so I'm leaving. So Gina leaves. And then we have Sandra. She is the one who would have been like my girlfriend and be like, well, fuck, let's go to that cramped crystal lake. <laughs> and, I, and me has Jeff, and me as Jeff's like, oh, fuck, why do you want to go there? All right. Didn't you hear the fucking exactly. story? All right. Didn't you hear the story? We're going like, to die. She's like, I don't care. Let's just go anyway. I'm like, oh, fuck. I was like, bro, I, I was like, bro, Jeff, I feel you, brother. I feel you. Okay. The yeah. same thing would happen to me. <laughs> yeah, I had, the, I had the same feeling when I was watching the end of that chess game because she was pretty cold. Yeah, because like you know, in, in chess, like you're really—I mean, it's a common courtesy in a in a you know a uh, regular game. Like if it's not you know if you're not playing for money, you're in a tournament or something. Yeah. If 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 the other if the player so putting yourself in check is an is an illegal move. In, in chess. And if you make two illegal moves in, in one game, you, you automatically lose. So you can't put yourself in check unless you take yourself out of check in the next move. So he makes a move which must have put him in check. Because if he wasn't, he couldn't have made any other move. But then she doesn't tell him that. So he makes a move which puts himself in check. And then she checkmates him immediately. Like she doesn't even like call check and let him move back. Are you talking about like our Gina and Paul? Yeah. Yeah, when they're playing chess. Well, I mean, I come on. Okay, first of all, Paul, he is trying to get some ass. All right, he's like, yeah. listen, I, I'm, I'm, out, I'm out here. I'm funding this fucking counselor shit. I got this slutty blonde right over here. All right, we don't. She, know I'm that. fraternizing. That's, that's you but, saying that. You don't know that. First I think of all, Paul's a cocky asshole. And he was like, I'm, I'm gonna give some dick to this girl tonight, one way or another. Right. But I just like Jenny though. I think she's a great character. Really? Eh, I like the other yeah, girl. I like Alice yeah. better. Uh, no, I like I like I like I like Jenny better. But I also think like she's a little uh, smart girl that plays her. Amy Peel. I think she's really hot. So maybe that's why. So eventually, uh, Paul and so basically, Gina goes to change. She gets scared by Paul. They start kissing, 
And then uh, this is when he's like saying, oh, I shouldn't be flattenizing with the staff. Ha, ha, ha. Mm. And then <laughs> my favorite character, Ralph, he's the one who's actually been stalking them. So we actually see that the first person view was Ralph the whole time. So it wasn't mm. Jason. And Ralph's walking around because, you know, his, you know, like the first movie, God told him to go tell all these counselors that doom's coming to him. He's like, fuck, man, I haven't done this in a while. I haven't done this in five years, brother. I got to get myself all warmed up. <laughs> and then, because here's what I thought when I was watching this. I was like, okay, cool. We got this Ralph character. He's going to show up every fucking movie and tell all these dumb kids until he's fucking, you know, old as shit, even he's in a wheelchair. You're all fucking doomed. You're all fucking doomed, you dumb kids. I told like the first 10 groups of you and shit. But no, Jason just kills him right here in the second movie. I was like, damn it. Yeah, we lose Walt Gorney. Yeah. Ralph in the second movie. He just chokes his Ralph ass out. Ralph was right. It's like, fuck. Yep. Ralph was right, brother, the whole time. Oh, and then also, too, Gina wanted to tell Paul something, which I thought was going to be like a plot point, but it wasn't. Nope. Like, you know, I thought she was going to bring out the whole pregnant shit going on, but I guess they weren't. So now we have all this is the next morning. Everybody's all outside working out. We're seeing like they're actually training. Uh, we see some more first person views. And of course, uh, Terry, she cannot find her dog. All right. And the dog eventually goes up next to Jason's feet. All right. Uh, Gina cuts wood, brother, with a chainsaw. Maybe that's why you liked her so yes. much. She's like, you know, doing like outdoor manly yeah, shit. Yeah, she's badass. I mean? Yeah, she's awesome. They're all cooking wieners out there. She's she's making cooking. firewood, brother, for the fire. She has the chainsaw. She puts the chainsaw back. I'm saying this because this comes up later. This comes up later, exactly. Yes. Terry's still looking for a dog, Muffin. And they're like, hey, Terry, there's lunch. Okay. She's like, okay. All right. Find a dog later. Yeah. Okay, so now Sandra, she still wants to go to the fucking camp. She's like, Camp Blood. That's where she wants to go. And Jeff's like, oh, fuck. We, I don't want to do that. She's like, why not? He's like, "We're. it's a short walk. All right? We can tell everybody in the city that we went there. Stop being a fucking chicken shit. <laughs> I was like, all right, damn it. Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And then the rest of the crew is like swimming while they're doing this. And then we just see like, so they're off on their own, Jeff and Sandra. Gina is telling some jokes with some of the crew as well too. And this is when Jeff and Sandra, they go sneak into Crystal Lake. Super easy, by the way, to sneak into the Crystal Lake campsite. All you got to do is go over like, they have it it, uh, barbed wired off with three barbed wires that you can easily just like, you know, yeah. jump your foot over. Yeah, There's no, like, gate or anything. You can just kind of go through the barbed wire, but, you know. That's, like, the weakest-looking barbed crazy. wire there is. All right? <laughs> so Jason's, like, stalking them, you know, first-person view, and they walk by, and they see a dead dog that looks awfully like Muffin. All right? And then they get stopped by this police officer saying, what are you kids doing here? All right, so now we're back, and now the cops tell him, like, listen, man, don't these kids cannot go over to that to that campsite? You all know what happened out there, all right? If I see them walking over to that campsite, then I'm gonna have to take them in. And Paul's kind of like blowing it off, like, yeah, 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 we'll take care of it. Tell us, it's like, it's like, don't you, you know, this place has been quiet for five years around here, all right? And I don't want any like stuff to happen around there, so please don't take them out there. It's like. And he's like, okay, well, Sandra, I'll meet you guys later. It's like, you're not going to reprimand them? Like, what's go? what kind of place are you running here? He's like, 
He's like, Gina, skip their desserts tonight. Ooh, Rebel. Mr. Mr. Rebel here with the Bird. cops. My boy Paul yeah, is. All right. So. So they've been warned twice. Mm-hmm. So now we see uh, Jason's old shack brother. Okay. Because this when thing I, is barely a shack. <laughs> bro, I don't know what this place I mean, this thing, this, this thing was like, okay, so what? If Jason. So let's say he was like 10 years old, right? 1957. Yeah. And now we're in like 19. This guy, I'd be almost fucking 40. All right. Living in that fucking shack yeah, for I mean, that long. Yeah, right. I mean, right. It's 1985, right? Yeah. And he was he was uh, killed, quote unquote, in 1957 when he was 11. Yeah. So he's like 40. Yeah, he's in his 40s. It was his fucking 40s. All right. And his fucking old shack. All right. So the cop, like he he basically, I guess when he was driving, he saw something out of his eye. So he's chasing the Jason throughout the forest. And this cop was moving, brother. I was like, fuck, bro. How many yeah. times did they? T- this is a fat cop too, and he's like running through this forest like quick. So he looks around Jason's shack. All right. Shit's falling down. It's all decrepit and everything. And eventually he takes a peek into a shine room. And of course, Jason axes his ass in the head. So now we have Paul. All right. <laughs> I like this scene. So Paul's like, all right, everybody. You know, I, cause I guess they did like a little workout. He's like, that was only a test, guys. The real workout will come mm. tomorrow. But. This is going to be a last night of freedom. So whoever wants to head to the bar, brother, can go drink their ass off. All right. Mm-hmm. But, which, which conveniently gets rid of a bunch of characters that we never see. Yeah, again. exactly. Like, there's, like, more than just, like, the main crew for, like, the camp yes. couch. There's all these, like, extra people, like, around everywhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, the, like we never see the yeah. black guy again. Yeah, the black, yeah, yeah. He just, yeah. He just goes to the bar, brother, and he gets lost. Yep. So uh, there is a couple people staying. All right, so Jeff and Sandra were forced to stay because of their actions earlier by going to the Crystal Lake. Mark is staying, and Vicky, because Mark's in training. He's not drinking right now. And mm-hmm. Scott and Terry. Terry doesn't want to go. And, of course, our boy Scott is trying to get some ass, so he's staying behind, too. So the only main crew people that are going to the bar are Sandra, Jeannie, and Ted. They're all going out to the bar. And this fucking bar was like, I don't know about. I want to hang out in this no. place, brother. It wait. It's Paul, yeah, Jenny, and Ted. Ted. Yeah, only three of them went. Yeah, okay. only three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only the only main three uh, three cast members went to the bar, and the bar was. I mean, like I was saying, this bar was like okay. So basically, the bar, right? It kind of looked like something out of like a Roadhouse or some shit. You know what I mean? Got all the fucking cars parked outside. You have like on the on the left side, it said like the casino. All right, and then it was just like a fucking yeah. house. All right, and this place looked popping. You just walk right in there, get drunk as shit. They don't have a beer limit. I was like, fuck. But it is like it is kind of like a lake bar. Like yeah, I don't know bar. why, but a lot of bars that are on lakes look like that. Yeah, like they just look like a house, and there's like a bar in it. Like if you go out to Lake Lure, you'll see a lot of bars that look like that. Yeah, fuck. I want to party at this bar. All right, there ain't that no old like person, in, and there's no old person in sight. You know, the Lake Lawrence, you're going to see a bunch of old people. This bar is all full of probably. young people. Yeah, if I were at this bar, I'd be the oldest person in there, probably. Or maybe you and Paul. Uh-huh. And me and Paul. <laughs> so this is when we get the, uh... oh, by the way, I, I did mention our girl, Terry. Uh, let's just say mm-hmm. it was a, uh, a stiff night with her nipples. Oh, it was, yeah. 
So we know why we added that in, brother. 1836 male demographic. So they're all headed up to the bar. Uh, like I said, you know, Mark's not there because he's drinking. And this is when uh, Terry's like, you know, when they're all about to leave. She's going for a walk. <laughs> and then we get the the male scene, 18 to 39, <laughs> where Terry's wandering around the forest. She's like, oh, okay. Well, there's a lake there. I'm by myself. I'm going to wait for a little bit. I'm going to stretch out. I'm like, okay, where's where's my cue? There's my cue. I'm just going to get butt-ass naked. <laughs> and so. this girl was like fucking fit. Oh, yeah. Like, did you see her Absolutely. back? I was like, fuck, bro. Yeah. Her back was like fucking muscles and shit. Damn. Yeah, like she was she was in good shape. Like Some that girl like runner. must have been like she was an athlete. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um but like she I wonder if she has the only thing. I was uh, 1981 only fans, brother. 1981 only fans maybe. Um I bet she should have I, the, I bet uh, she she would have been a millionaire if she had a 1981 only fans. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, cuz it'd been uh, you know, the only thing on the internet. Everybody had been like, "What the fuck is the internet?" <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um so I'm wondering if this shot, if this scene was filmed, the the scene with her swimming naked yeah. was filmed because they had to get rid of the scene with uh, Marta Kober being nude, or if it originally had two nude scenes in it. And it could have had two because it you know it two, made sense why why Sandra was nude because later on she'd be getting it on. So yeah, and in but this scene, like it's almost like. Like as soon as Terry's character appears in the show in the movie, I'm immediately like, okay, this girl was hired to get naked. Oh yeah, duh. Like, like the only reason her character was written into this movie and that she was hired in this role, yeah, was so that they could have this nude scene. Yeah, I just told you the 18 to 36 Whoa. male demographic, brother. All right, it's still it's still a right. thing in 1981. Don't tell me it wasn't. Oh no, it it, it more yeah. so is than even then than now. Yeah. So during all this stuff, while she's swimming naked, Mark is arm wrestling Jeff. You know, we're showing that there, that crew's there. She's out there. Terry's out there on her own. Um. So also too, you know, Sandra is telling that uh, uh she's telling uh Jeff not to wear himself out because you know she's mm-hmm. looking for that sex, brother. Okay. Yeah. So we're out there, uh, and then um, <laughs> and then like. So the uh, the flirtation between Mark and Vicky is a little weird because <laughs> she she my, she's like oh okay I hope you don't wear yourself out either Matt he's like well I'm in training I won't do that and then he's like okay we could play this game here and it's like some sort of like old school 1981 like Game Boy looking game thing yeah, yeah and then she's and then Mark says you know what uh you know what what, what which one do you want to play the football or the uh, Hockey. A, a hockey one. All right. And then he's like, well, what, what, what are we playing for here? And she's like, I want to play for position. Oof. Oh, okay. Shit. And it's, and it's like he's still catching on. Like, he hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah, he hasn't figured it out yet. He's like, okay, wait. Is she flirting with me, brother? All right. So we have Scott, um, our boy Scott. All yeah. right. His, his way of flirting is, I'm going to take this girl's clothes. <laughs> That's his flirting, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to steal her clothes. Exactly. Yeah. And she gets out there. Eventually, like, gives her some clothes back. And then she's like, follows his, follows Scott. Like, they're, like, chasing each other. And then Scott gets caught by the rope. Like, he like he got, like, caught in, in, in like, a rope trap. The, 
Yeah, the thing that uh-huh. holds him upside down. Yeah, and I think it's so, Ted. But then, right, the, does it say it's Ted or does it say it's Paul? No, no, I think it's Ted, Ted right? It's Ted, yeah. yeah. It's Ted and his his uh, his practical jokes. Um, yeah. But uh, it's not, probably. Well, no, it's Jason. We already know that. Well, Jason comes along, but yeah, it, it was probably Jason's trap. But unless uh, it could have just been uh, Ted that set a trap and then Jason came on and killed him. I mean, him, it's possible, yeah. too. It, but it's probably Jason. So, you know, uh, Scott's freaking out now. Wants Terry to go get a knife to get him down. Uh, she's like, well, maybe I shouldn't because you're a pervert. It's just like, and then she yeah. eventually goes and goes and gets the knife. And while she just leaves, <laughs> like Jason literally just comes up, machete, cuts his ass, th- cuts his fucking throat. I was like, oh shit, okay. Just walk on by. Cut his th- throat. So there goes our boy Scott. So it's like body number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's the first counselor that died out of, out of this crew with Scott. Well, yeah. If you don't count, um, if you don't count um, Adrian King dying at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the first counselor out of this out of this crew that died. Yeah, out of, the, out of this crew. Yeah. Yeah. So now Terry, she's looking. Lights are going off. She finds a pocket knife. She goes back to Scott. Turns his ass around. He's dead. She freaks out, and apparently she got axed in the head even though we didn't see it it was just like a quick cutscene. so we're at the uh so she's dead too so that'd be body number three all right so we're at the uh, casino party all right and they're all drinking i saw that they're all drinking budweiser brother so we're bringing the budweiser mm-hmm. back from the first movie all right and we threw a couple heinekens in there all right they were drinking a shit ton of budweiser and heineken brother there was like a fucking mountain full of that shit there yeah, I bet Heineken in the '80s was like a really high class beer. Oh yeah, definitely, probably. You know, it was imported. It was probably you know craft beer didn't really exist much. Yeah. So I bet you, I bet you there, I bet you Heineken was like a really high class beer. I like the- Heineken. It tastes pretty good. Like oh yeah, it's one. not bad. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Heineken, but, um, but you know, like a lot of like, um, you know, a lot of '80s bands drink Heineken. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Jeff Hanneman from Slayer was famous for for loving Heineken. But um, yeah, I bet you that uh, that was a really high class beer. You had yeah. Budweiser and you had Heineken, probably. So apparently, our boy Ted thought he was like Playboy because, like, oh yeah, yeah, the fucking uh, bartender's flirting with me. I was like, no, she wasn't. All right, don't 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 flatter yourself, Ted. That's what I would have told his ass. So this is when we get. Uh, so they're kind of like they've been. Well, they. Well, how long do you think they've been at this bar? Thirty minutes. They're already fucking drunk. <laughs> So I think is, they've been there a while. Yeah. So Paul, and, I thought they'd been there a few hours. I mean, it's possible. No, maybe maybe an hour at the most. Okay. Okay. So Paul and Gina, they start talking, and Gina brings up Jason. All right. And then, like you know, basically Paul's like, you know, was like, no, Jason, he's just like a legend and stuff. But she's like, well, what if he's real? What if he actually is real? All right. And then she starts giving us more of a plot. Of Jason, and she nailed it like straight on. She's like, "Can you imagine if Jason Israel? He's been living out in the forest for this whole time. He's like a grown man living out in this forest the whole time, and what like that thing, person. and that thing that that drove him the craziest was seeing his mom's head being chopped off. Just think what, what that happened to a man. You know what I mean? It's gonna make him go insane and and, and kill people and stuff. And I was like." Okay, so you know that that makes sense. You know, you I mean you see you see your mom getting killed by somebody to make you go insane. What about your mom killing like fucking hordes of people? Right? 
Did that not? But he may not even know about that. I, I guess maybe. Yeah, maybe he didn't know about that. It's true. Because she really only killed those two people in 1958. Well, no, then she killed all the people in 1980. Well, but that just happened though, by five years before this. Yeah. Well, you know, Jason. So maybe he so doesn't know about. They're it. saying so. Gina's thinking that Jason is is a spirit or a guy still out there, and he is yeah. traumatized by his mom dying right in front of him. Even though I guess he right, had to be a could, 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 could amount of feet away. So now he went so insane that he channeled the rage that his mom had. And now he will start killing people that comes on his territory. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. Because if Jason was there when she died yeah. and knows that she's dead, which obviously he does because he, uh, uh, has, he collected her things, um, shall we say. Um, he... Why would he not make himself known to his mom before this? Well, no, that's my theory, though. Like, he, he knew well, his mom Well, your theory, was... yes. Your theory yeah. fits it. But the movie's theory doesn't, really. Well... In that aspect. Yes. So, my theory... They like, don't really so, have a real reason for... They don't really... They, do, they, don't, they don't fill in that gap. I think right. my I think my filling in the gap of Pamela knew that her son was alive, but she didn't vision that person has her son, real son... So that's okay, why she kept him right. hidden and she was killing everybody there so they wouldn't find him. So her son is dead because that's not her son anymore. It's, it's like the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it's it, it really is Jason. But yeah. by him drowning and getting back to life, it like mutated him into some hills of eye creature. So she's like, well, yeah. I don't, that's not really my son anymore, but I don't want yeah. people to find him, so I'm going to kill everybody that comes here. Because this... Right, but it's... It's, yes. it's like a psychological it's, it's thing. Like in, yeah, but it's yeah. like in Star Wars, right? When... Yeah. Um, when Luke asked Obi-Wan what happened to his father, and he yeah. said his father's dead, but then it turns out that his father's actually Darth Vader, and then Obi-Wan basically says, well, he's dead to me. Yes. Yeah, ba- so it's, yeah it's almost yes. exactly like that. Yes. Yeah, it's the, it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, Pamela is the Obi-Wan of Friday the 13th. Exactly. <laughs> right. So just like, just like we are sometimes, Paul calls us and Gina drunk <laughs> for coming up with these theories, apparently. He's yeah. like, ah, oh, he's just a legend, brother. All right. So now we have Jeff and Sandra. They go to fuck. All right. Vicky mm-hmm. is now still flirting with our boy Mark. All right. And then she asks the dreaded question, hey, what happened? Because, you know, Mark's in a wheelchair and shit. And Mark's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, don't worry about it. It was a motorcycle. So Mark reminds me of Carrie Von Eric. He's like, ah, oh, it was just a motorcycle accident. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. I'll walk again. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. All right. And then, of course, our girl Vicky, she is like, listen, everything else worked down there? Ooh. And, like, our boy Mark is all like, he's all like, says, like, he's like, I do all right, one way or another. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it means he probably has to. Does that mean his uh, dick yeah, works or not? Things. Just tell me. I mean, I think it, I think it means that, that uh, may, maybe. Maybe it does. I, um, I, I think what it yeah, meant was point, you got to get it, you know, I mean, you might have to like, you know, get it going first. Maybe. But at this point, I think they're just like, they're just fucking around too much. Yeah, he he just needs to be like, look, let's just go fuck. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Well, he kind of does towards here in a second. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so this, this is the, uh, we know shit's going to happen. I'm going to fuck you line. So she's right. like, she starts smoking a cigarette. Vicky does. And she's like, hey, you mm-hmm. want one? He's like, I can't have one. I'm in training. And Sandra's like, 
what are you in training for? And Mark's like, oh, okay. That's my cue. That's my cue. And I, and I, as a viewer, I was like, well, what the fuck is this guy training for? Like the walk? Right. The fuck? What is he training for? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe you went there. What? I can't believe you. Went well, no, there. he said he's going to walk again. That's training. He does, but it's he's in training for. I, I don't know. What is he in training for? Like they what? don't tell us. Maybe, but like I said, maybe he's like on one of those Paralympic like uh, basketball teams or something. I don't yeah. know. So they go off. Uh, so now we have. Um, so now we have Vicky. She she goes to chains, change her outfit. She's like, oh, I gotta put on something more comfortable. All right. Obviously, we see Jason in the background, and the whole thing about uh, Vicky was she had to change her panties into brown panties. <laughs> and it took forever, but of course it did, right? So I'm you know I'm watching part of this movie. I'm like, bro, this is made for like <laughs> '80s dudes. Like only, and you can tell it like is. there's no woman writers in this fucking film. <laughs> no, no. I, I think I'll get some no more. Uh, let me let me get in my granny panties to make me fucking more comfortable. <laughs> His fucking brown panties and shit. So then she goes yes. into the car. I thought I thought for sure she was gonna bring out a fucking vibrator, but it was just a fucking brush. <laughs> 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 oh god! Oh my god! So that part was great. And it starts raining a little bit too. So Mark, he's just sitting in that room the whole time. I was like, well, fuck, bro. You ain't gonna freshen up either. So he hears a noise. No, he thinks it's Vicky, freshen. right? And he's like out in like a little patio section. He's just waiting around, waiting around. And then out of fucking nowhere, he gets axed right in the fucking face. And he just rolls down yep. the fucking stairs. And I'm like, that scene was fucking awesome. <laughs> that scene was great. And when they, yeah. in a te- from a technological aspect, I wonder how many times they had to film that scene with the wheelchair before they got it to roll yeah. down the steps without rolling over. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Because like, you can tell no it was a fake body. That, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect yeah. them to have that the actress sit in the wheelchair while they rolled it down, though. Yeah. Steps, but I'll bet you that most of the time, by the time it hit the second or third step, it would have flipped over, yeah. and it rolled down like the steps all the way without flipping over. Like They must have done that a million times to get it right. So that scene is awesome. That's probably one of the most like iconic kills out of this. It was that yeah. body number four, I believe now. So I like my notes here. Jeff comes. All right, he's finished for fucking. All right. Uh-huh. And then I actually thought this. I don't know what this. I don't know why. I, this scene right here grossed me out, and I have no idea why. Maybe you can explain it to me. I thought it was like the most nastiest part of the film. So after like Jeff. You know, fucks the Sandra girl. All right, and he's mm-hmm. finished. Like Sandra, she's like fucking like sucking and fucking licking and sucking his fucking Adam's apple. Ugh. You see that shit? Yeah. Why do I, I know? Ne- I don't know why. I don't know why that grossed you out. I don't know. Maybe it's for the Adam's apple. She's like sucking that thing. I was like, what are you doing? Don't touch that. <laughs> I don't know why. I, did. I don't know why that grossed me out. I always notice like weird shit like that. You know what I mean? In these fucking films. Yeah. All right. So now Jason, he comes in there. He grabs a random spear. It was that same spear that Ted used at the camp. The, scene. Yeah, it's the same spear that Ted used. Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny because he looks at the mask and then it doesn't yeah, take it. That shit. Yeah. Like, Which that sort, of, shit. sort of foreshadows what happens in uh, Friday the 13th Part 3. Yeah. He's like, got to find the right mask, brother. Yep. So he goes in there, goes to the room. Sandra kind of sees him by the Jason by her eye and he spears her ass. 
And if you see that VHS stuff, they actually show more of this spear. This one, they just speared him and then they cut the scene. Um, yeah, in the VHS, the cut scene, you can see it go through their body and into yeah. the floor. Like it, it looked great. Yeah, and you can see blood from the Paul's uh, Jeff's back. It looked pretty crazy. Mm. So that's about six right now, dead. All right, so now, so now we're at the bar, the casino bar, brother. And Paul's like, "Oh mm. fuck, I need to get back. It's gonna be an early morning tomorrow." All right, and I don't know how many beers they had, but. Uh, that, were they drunk or not? Because I saw about like at least twelve beer bottles around between the three of them. I think I think at this point they're pretty drunk. I just I think that you feel like they're sober because by the time you know, I think that running from a maniac with a bag on his head is going to sober you up pretty quick. Really? I don't know, man. I, I think so. I, mean, I've, I had a couple of these stouts. I mean, I was like, I, if I saw a killer on some stouts, I'd be like, oh fuck, I'm <laughs> fuck, brother. So apparently our boy Ted, he's going to stay behind because he's going to try to find some after hours club to go to. Yeah. And that's the last time we see. How useless was this fucking Ted character? It's completely useless. So he goes, so that was just a way to write him out of the movie, right? Yeah. Like he's like the lone like, survivor. He, yeah. He asks if there's a, an after hours place. Yeah. And then the guy's like, yep. And then we never see Ted again. Yeah. Um. It. It. They should like make a movie about all these people that went to the bar and then survived. Yeah. I know. Like, what the hell like are they end up doing? Go to a rave guy. club? <laughs> what did they die of cocaine overdose at the not the after hours club or some shit? And then Ted. Ted. Twenty years later is like, oh, I'm so glad I went to that uh, after hours bar yeah. so that I, I get get killed. <laughs> so now we see Vicky. She is now looking for Mark. Can't find his ass mm-hmm. anywhere. She's eventually asking for Sander and Jeff. Maybe they know where Mark's at. She goes up to the room. She sees a bunch of blood. Well, no, she sees the uh, the sheet. It's like a sheet. And she sees that somebody's in there. She keeps asking for Sander and Jeff. She takes out the sheet and it's Jason. And we can finally, this is actually when we first get the first scene of Jason. Where we can see that he's in overalls, a plaid shirt, and a sack. Yeah, other than the scene where he's kind of running across the road. You kind of get a glimpse of it then. Yeah. When the sheriff chases him, well, we yeah, this see is the, the first time you scene, actually yeah. see him. Yeah, where he stands up and you can see his eye through the little eye hole. And you know, like yeah. when there's only one eye hole, yeah. that you know something fucked up underneath there, right? Exactly. Like you know that immediately because he didn't even cut. He didn't even cut two eye holes because the need to. Yeah. And and there's some fucked up reason why. And this is one of my That's favorite scenes too because I actually thought this scene was a great jump scare. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. about better. Like they didn't they didn't have to fucking turn the volume up to eleven. They didn't have to do a bunch of weird people running across the fucking room. No, this guy was in a fucking bed. She came up to him, opened it, and he had a fucking yep. knife in the shit. You know what I mean? I thought this yep, is that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you do this shit. Yeah. Not this fucking bullcrap we see nowadays. Where you have like weird, like uh, really loud, sharp noises that make yeah, you and jump. They, like and then they had to like cut, this cheap. They shake the camera and shit. I fucking hate this. shit. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. It's just so cheap. Yeah. Like this movie doesn't do any of that. Like this is this movie. This is almost a perfect slasher movie. Yeah, I mean it's so good. It's so good. So, so good. tight. Yeah. And then, he, then he gets the fucking knife like Psycho when he cuts her fucking leg. All right. Mm-hmm. And she and then she like she goes up to the door. We can see the fucking uh, uh, Jeff is like hanging from the door. Okay. Kind of like you know he's hanging from the door like we saw on Friday the Thirteenth Part One. All right. Yeah. And then she's like frozen in fear. Vicky is, and then um, uh, 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 Jason, aka Michael Myers, slashes her ass down with a butcher knife. 
and then he brings her dead body down the stairs. Yeah, right. that was also a really cool scene too, uh, in a, from a technical aspect. Yeah, because they show her, and then her, and then she goes out of focus, and then when his hand comes up with the with his like bruised thumbnail. Yeah, like I thought that was a cool touch too, right? Unless yeah. the actor had a bruised thumbnail. I thought that was a cool touch to add in there, but like his hand comes up with the butcher knife and it's in focus. Yeah, like that's like the, pretty. I think that's pretty amazing. Like they knew. Yeah. Like that guy, Steve Miner knew how to focus that to where when the guy raised his hand, it would be in focus. I mean, I think that's amazing. Well, obviously, maybe it's easier than I think, but it's it sounds cool to me. Yeah. Well, to to me, that scene remind me of these uh, Italian films. They did that a lot. Yeah. And Psycho. I, that's like the only two I could think of that kind of did that close up knife action going on well there. there is a lot of um scene not a lot but some scenes in this movie that were taken almost directly from uh mario bava's bay of blood yeah. or it's also called hatchet for the honeymoon like the scene where uh sandra and her boyfriend are killed in the bed there's a scene almost exactly like that in bay of blood um and the, the machete scene there's al- there's a scene almost exactly like that in bay of blood where like, he gets machete in the face um, but yeah, so I'm pretty sure that Steve Miner saw Bay of Blood before he made this movie. Yeah. So Paul and Gina, they get back. They look around the camp and there's all the lights are on. He's like, oh, he's like, Gina, well, they, they wouldn't leave the lights on. Something's going on over here. So they start checking on all the rooms and they see, they go up to that room where, you know, we had like three people die. So I think we're at body count, what, number five right now, I believe. Yeah. And then they see uh, blood on the bed. And they start like they they think it's some joke, okay? Like it's some sort of like fucking joke that like they're doing. And then Jenny's like, no, 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 they they wouldn't do they wouldn't do jokes like this, all right? So he's like, okay, well the rain stops, so let's go look around some more. And then they're they're looking down, and uh, some of the lights are like off right now. Yeah. And then Jenny's like, hey, is there somebody in this room right now? And she's like, well, there's somebody in this fucking room. We see Jason, Jason. Paul just like fucking fighting. And you know, this is the Jason where he's still like a normal person. He's not like Yeah, the, like he's not Yeah. He's not like yeah, a super He's not Kane Hodder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's not gigantic. He's not a professional wrestler. He's like a normal yeah. he's actually kind of small. Yeah, it's a smaller yeah, he's guy. Smaller yeah. than Paul is. Yeah. Cause they're 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 uh fighting. It's just pretty interesting to see that. Like, you know, because when you think of like Jason later on, we'll talk about it. It's like he's like this menacing, mm-hmm. huge strong ass can't be defeated monster but this guy he's just like a normal fucking crazy dude you know what i mean yeah, he's just, he's just a normal trying to kill guy. these people well normal quote yeah. unquote, you know yeah so uh, uh gina locks herself in the bathroom she tries to yeah. escape to the window and i thought this thing was awesome too where jason tries to break through the window and grab her hand mm-hmm. that was a good jump scare too yep. and then she eventually uh, runs out of there we don't see what happened with paul during this time um so so she she she's running out of there. She she tries to she hides, all right, and she's like hiding throughout the house. And then Jason attacks again with a pitchfork through the wall. And then during this time, mm-hmm. Gina she actually runs into the uh, the pantry, but dead Ralph has showed up to the pantry and falls on her. All right, and then mm-hmm. this part I thought was very interesting. So Gina she goes to her car, and of course the car won't start because we're we're showing that trope that I said about earlier. The car's not yeah. starting, and Jason's breaking through the car uh, with a pitchfork in his hand. Pretty cool scene. Yeah, 
The only thing I don't like about the scene is it doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, I, it does from a movie standpoint where he sh- where they shoot it inside the car, and then he's on the like because he kind of pops up in front of the window and looks at her for a minute, and then he just yeah. kind of disappears. But he's on top of the car, or he's like, I guess he's on the back of the car, and he's like, um, pitchforking through the roof. But yeah. like, he does it a few times, then he reaches inside. Like, why doesn't he just use the pitchfork to rip the whole? It's a cloth top. Why does he just use the pitchfork to rip the whole top off? Well, I got it. I know a reason why. Okay. <laughs> because it was booked. Because it was booked that way. Oh. Exactly. So maybe, maybe it's for effect. You know, Jason, he's he's one for the uh, the theatrics. You know what I mean? We gotta make true, it. We gotta true. make it look good, brother. So this part is shocking to me now that you wouldn't say any of the Jasons this happened to. So Gina escapes by kicking the door, which knocks yeah. Jason into some bloody uh, mud. Eh, bloody mud. Mm. <laughs> some mud. It wasn't bloody. Sorry. Mud. Yeah. Some mud. She goes up to his ass and kicks him right in the balls, and she leaves. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and then yeah. he's he's like, ah, oh, like, he falls oh, down. But I mean, that happens a lot, though. Like yeah. he gets hit by something and then he falls over. Yeah, like which would never happen starting in number three, probably the next movie. Yeah, yeah, oh. number three, he becomes super crazy. Um, yeah. So she's um, she's escaping. Yeah. She's running. She's running. She's running. So she's running. oh, we skipped the part that I thought was pretty funny. Go ahead. So and, and um so um w- well, have we got to the chainsaw part yet? We're about to get there right now. Yeah. Okay, never mind. All right, so we'll get there. But yeah, so this is where they're running through the woods, right? And it shows the full moon. It yeah. shows her running. It shows the full moon. Yeah. And then it shows him running, and it shows the full moon, which makes me think that they're running forever. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's got what it to. got. Like I got out of that is like they're running for hours. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long they're supposed to be running, but it, it makes it seem like they're running for a very well, long. Well, Gina, time. she basically goes back to her bunker. And she hides underneath the bed. Jason comes in. It's like that scene where, you know, somebody's hiding under the bed. We're showing some suspension. Oh, yes. And the rat comes near her. She doesn't freak out about the rat. And I actually thought this part was pretty clever. Because it looked like Jason left the room. So, so, um, so Gina, she got out of the bed. And Jason was actually tricking her. And he was on a, uh, like a a short looking chair. And he fucking bust ass on the chair. (laughs) (laughs) I um, love this whole scene. Like it's so realistic. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like he's gonna leave, right? He, he yeah. kind of hears the rat. Or, it's almost like he hears the rat or whatever. Yeah. And he walks up to the door, and then he like, and then all of a sudden his head turns a little bit. That's really creepy looking. And like his his like sack head turns and like looks back over his shoulder, yeah. kind of. And then all of a sudden he's gone, but he's standing on a chair. Um, although you would think she would be able to hear him get up on the chair, but maybe not. So um, I also think the makeup looks really good, like yeah. with the sweat on her face and then like the tears that are like right under her eyes. I thought they, they did a really good job of that. So she tries to grab the chainsaw from earlier, right? And like mm. she got it turned on and shit. But like that was about it. Like she like tried to attack him with it and just dropped the shit. And it was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to well, get a chair instead. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know why. I mean, well, obviously she cut him up with the chainsaw. That would have been the end of it. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was kind of funny too. Like he falls and he busts his ass on the chair, and then isn't that where the pitchfork breaks too? Yeah, and this is, she basically sees him. Breaks. Yeah, so she basically thinks she like at least knocked him out or killed him. Yeah, and then he's like chasing her, and then she like runs over and grabs a chainsaw and then starts it and turns around, and he's like 
he's got this oh shit look on his face yeah, yeah. you know and the, the sack, mask and he's uh, like yeah. oh shit <laughs> yeah and then he's like trying to like back off and like you know so then all of a sudden the tables are turned whereas in you know part three on the jason would have just like grabbed the hand with the chainsaw yeah, and like break ripped it, it off yeah. or whatever but like he's still like a realistic person he's wearing his flannel shirt and his overalls and yeah his sack mask and then she like beats him up with a chair and then she I guess she thinks that that's good enough. Yeah, good enough. So she goes outside slowly. And eventually runs through some more of the forest. Then she eventually sees Jason's shack. She saw the light on there. So she thinks somebody's in there. But the, obviously there's nobody in there because that's a shack. Jason right. arrives back to his shack. Starts attacking, trying to get inside. Um, and then eventually she sees Jason's shrine. Which has a couple of the dead cast members there. I think I saw Terry there. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we sure we got some other people in her in the little shrine. And the shrine is basically the the dead mom's head, Pamela, yes, and her sweater is there. Okay, and actually this is pretty clever. So Jason's trying to get inside. Gina's like, all right, well you know my fucking theory was uh, spot on so far. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put on Jason's dead mom's sweater and I'm gonna pretend yeah. like I'm her. Because he can't tell the difference because he's insane. And I'm going to calm his ass down and kill him. <laughs> and it works. Kind of. So I wonder if a, if a head would actually still look that together after five years of sitting on a table. Well, you know, sometimes he uh, he puts like some cream on it. You know what I mean? To make it not decay yeah. so much. Yeah. So when he goes down to local Kmart, he's not in full Jason gear. He, he right. buys the, the cream there. Or maybe what he does, he has Uber Eats. They come out and bring him the. They just bring him the, uh, and the, he just orders it from a smartphone. Yeah, smart. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. page phone maybe. I don't know. Magical powers, anyway. brother. Or that's how it was booked. I mean, that's, that's how it was booked. Yeah. So Jason breaks in, and now Gina's being the mommy. Oh, you're a good little boy, Jason. Mm. Oh, that's my little boy, Jason. Listen to mommy, Jason. Listen here. I thought this thing was pretty clever. We see, uh, we see Pamela coming back, a little dream sequence. And it would, it almost works. It almost works until our boy Jason yeah. sees the dead head. Is like, oh, you can't fool me, brother. Right? <laughs> you can't fool me, bitch. <laughs> so like, she goes to like try to like kill him with the machete, and then yeah. he notices that, so he kind of cuts her fucking leg. And right, yeah. and, and right I before think, he, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think that's the same machete that killed his mom. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he kept that gimmick too. And before he can uh, uh, kill Gina, Paul shows up out of nowhere, and they start out fighting again. They start fighting again, like they, how they did in the the uh, the other room, just like falling down cabin, each yeah. other and shit. Paul was getting a good upper hand. I wonder, I wonder if Paul and number uh, seven. Could have like fought Jason like this, but I guess we'll never know. Uh, well, we'll never know. So Paul's fighting him shit, and then eventually um, Gina wakes up, and she grabs a machete, and she fucking machetes the fuck out of Jason's so- shoulder. Yeah. I was like, damn, right on the fucking shoulder. But not in his head or something that would definitely have killed him. No, shoulder, brother. All right? Mm-hmm. That's where we get him. So he falls down. Uh, they... Uh, they, they kind of take a look at the shrine a little bit, like, oh, that's weird. And then they leave. They uh, well, no, they look, they unmask him, don't they? Oh yeah, that's right. She, yeah, uh, they, they unmask, unmask him, him, and yeah. they're like, oh, ew. and they're like, oh yeah. my god. And then they leave. Damn. Like, damn, brother. <laughs> so they leave and shit. And I actually thought I was gonna like cut right here, 
and then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So they go all the way back to the the uh, Gina, I guess the the cabin that they were staying in. So you th- wait, you thought that was going to be the end of the movie? Yeah, when I originally watched oh, okay. it. Okay. So right. so then they go back to the cabin, right? And Paul's taking care of the uh, the uh, the leg of her a little bit, and mm. she's a freaking out a little bit. Gina is obviously, and he's treating her and stuff. And then they eventually hear yeah. like they start hugging and stuff, and it's like, oh, everything's gonna be okay, everything's gonna be okay, and they hear a noise. And like, oh fuck! So like, she grabs the pitchfork, Paul grabs yeah. the machete, and they open the fucking door, and it's Muffin. Yay, Muffin survived. But I'm like, wait a minute. We saw a fucking mangled fucking dog earlier in the Camp Crystal Lake, and it looked exactly it a, like Muffin. Was there two of the it dogs? It was a different dog. Yeah, it was a different dog. Well, where the fuck did this dog come from? This is Muffin. No, I know this one's Muffin, but what, what the other dead dog, where did it come from? Uh, it was just wandering around Lost Yes, a prestige dog like this just wandering around <laughs> in a fucking random camp. I don't know. Did he maybe 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 just... when he went to go kill um what's her face? Um Alice. Yeah. Now, Alice had he a cat a though. Yeah, Alice had a cat. So maybe maybe he just found a random dog. Like, oh, I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring this dog and then when they book the kids to come over here, I'm gonna have them find this dog to throw him off. Okay. Yeah. Imagine. Well maybe maybe he ate the dog. Because maybe you know, he's gotta eat something, right? Maybe he stole the dog from a Local neighborhood. I mean, and ate it. the the dog didn't look that much eaten to me. It just like he was chopped up. Mm-mm. Anyway, so Gene's sitting there like, oh, it's just a fucking muffin. Everything's all nice. And then, bam, out of nowhere, Jason breaks through the fucking window, looking like something that came from the hills of eyes. Very slow motion. Yeah. Grabs the yeah. girl. Yeah. And then. Great, great, great jump scare. Well, great, great, yeah, very yeah. great jump scare. Good yeah, one. great jump scare. And also, this is, this is what I like. This is my favorite, Jason. So, I, I really like the you know the overalls flannel shirt hillbilly long hair beard Jason this yeah. is this is my Jason right here yeah I like them too I like this one it's very uh mm-hmm. very realistic very like hills of eyes very mm. just more of a realistic portrayal of the Jason character so then it's the next morning Gina just wakes up in a fucking ambulance basically asking where the hell's Paul mm. at and I'm just like where the fuck Jason at you dream that right. shit too now. And then we see a shot. So potentially, yes, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes. So as she's asking for pause out, then we see a shot of the dead Pamela's head, very slow motion, and that's the end. Mm-hmm. Now, so, I'm pretty sure you heard this yeah. too, but I guess the original ending was supposed to have Pamela's dead head do a little mm-hmm. wink and a smile. But what happened uh, was... Well, I heard that her eyes were were supposed yeah. to open and that she was supposed to smile. Yeah. But I, but I guess what happened was when they filmed it, uh, the, the the director over here, um, Steve, Steve, he was like, nah, that's just too corny. Just fucking film it. Yeah, it's we'll too just, silly. Just turn, yeah. the, turn the shit in, brother. We're already done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, send it. Send yeah. it. We're done. So. Um, but yeah, there's... So a lot of people, because of Friday the 13th Part 3... Um, because the, what we'll see in part three, a lot of people think that the scene where Jason jumps through the window is another dream. Okay. Like he just died, not dies, but like he, um, you know, he never leaves the shack when they, when they machete him. Yeah. It's the and that they just walk yeah. back and then she falls asleep. And then that she has that as a dream. Well, maybe this Jason is the birth 
of the immortal Jason. Maybe. Because maybe because Jason and his mom yeah. have been killed on this ancient burial Indian site, <laughs> kind of like Pet Cemetery. They, right, like a pet cemetery. They came back. Jason comes back as a immortal destruction killer man who likes hockey mask later on. Right. That's my prediction. Sure. So, but everybody, Friday the 13th, episode 100 of the Retro Blood. Very fun episode. Mm-hmm. Love talking about this movie. One of my favorite horror movies. Yeah, I love this movie. Probably top 10, I would say. Probably, Absolutely. Probably top, yeah. I could slide it in there, top 10. Um, but yeah, this is definitely fun, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Retro Blood 100. Thanks you for everybody's support. Uh, like I said, you know, give us a good old review on whatever podcast platform you like. Definitely helps out the show when you do that. Tell us some good thoughts. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you hate about the show. Just tell us, tell us all kinds of shit. Tell us all kinds of things. Come to the Instagram. Uh, come to the Instagram. A, join it. Which is a, yeah, the re- Instagram is official underscore retro blood yeah. underscore pod. And we got the Facebook. And everybody check Maybe. out the YouTube YouTube page where I got all the uh, retro blood bites, which is a little clips from the show. And I got the retro blood shorts, which have been very popular, which I'll be coming back with more for this month too. Uh, I, got, I got some good ones for this month. I'm going to be dropping, Sweet. brother. Looking forward to it. Fuck, you want me to tell me one of them? Fucking yeah. Hellraiser Hell World. Ooh, it's going to be a good one. One of the most lamest Hellraiser movies of all time, but it has our boy Superman in it, Henry Cavill. Can't wait to talk about that Ooh, one. Ooh, yeah, that's going to be It'll awesome. be a fun one, everybody. But, everybody, thanks for joining us. Come and check us out next week as we're going to be talking all about Friday the 13th Part 3. That's going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah. We finally get the iconic Jason mask. We get to figure out how our boy Jason became the iconic character he is to know nowadays in that movie. So that should be very fun. But Allison, what are we going to be playing our 100th episode outro? What music should we be playing? Obviously, it's going to be something from Ozzy. What should we be playing from Ozzy? Oh, man. Let's... uh, Even though... You know, even though uh, Crazy Train would probably fit Jason a little bit better, let's uh, let's end the show tonight with Flying High again. Ooh, Flying High again, brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when he was, Jason was flying out of that fucking windshield, he was thinking about getting <laughs> higher there too, brother. Uh, you know, we actually didn't have a lot of weed references on this Friday the 13th no, just part the one two. where uh, just the one where um, Vicky was trying to have sex with the wheelchair guy. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, but that was a cigarette. Mark, yeah, I went no fucking weed. I, I thought I don't think so. I think they were. I think I think that was a joint. I kind of did look like a little bit joint. So maybe she was trying to get high, see if that little Mark would stand out of attention. We will never know, though. We never know if it's gonna work out good enough for him or not. So, but everybody, check us out here next week, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, check us all out, mm-hmm. give us reviews, and we will see you next time on the Retro Blood. See you guys. <laughs>